Hello and welcome to Scrutiny's Emerging Trends Podcast with cybersecurity expert Shane Shook. As many of you already know, Shane has been advising enterprises on information technology, security and risk management for over 30 years, alongside providing breach investigation, forensics and expert witness testimony. Today, we'll be discussing the rise of extortionware and whether the Iran cyber warfare threat should be a priority. So I'll start with what emerging trends and current trends are impacting organisations for maintaining appropriate cyber controls. Right. So there are two principal trends that we're seeing around the world, really, and they're really exhibited in the UK market in that the UK market is, is rather more dense than most of the other markets around the world. The first is the ongoing growth and penetration of botnets uh, that facilitate access for other services. And, and then tied with that are other malicious services of um, espionage or sabotage. Speaking of those, espionage is, uh, in botnets is what we typically refer to as um, APT activities, where competitors in industry or nation states have interests in protected information that has some utility either at the moment to them in highly competitive situations like M&A negotiations, for example, or government negotiations on sanctions or other issues. And then the other, the sabotage is things like nation state interruptions of service or anonymous type interruptions of service for notoriety purposes through the use of wipers or DDoS and that sort of thing, where they'll leverage the infrastructure of the botnets in order to provide access to select portions of the states or to facilitate widespread attempts to interrupt communications or information services. And then next to that is a more focused extension of sabotage through ransomware activities or the more recent version of those that we're calling extortionware, where those are intended to serve financial objectives for personal financial gain of of the operators rather than the notoriety that the the other types of sabotage uh, attacks have been pursued to demonstrate. Okay, wow, this is quite daunting. So what indicators do organizations need to look out for? So there are two sets of indicators to really pay attention to. The, the first is their, their network indicators that'll, indi- that'll demonstrate the attacks on networks and on specific services, whether that be authenticating services or information services. If they see from a baseline some anomalies in the concentration of of internet addresses uh, attempting to attach to those services, whether they be authenticating or information services, as you say. It's an early indicator that they need to protect that target, or if they see it's a general attack across all their information and communication services, that they need to protect their, their organization as a whole because there's an exigent set of circumstances that's leading to this attack. Next to that, then they, they need to um, assess whether there's any coincidental activities aside from what they're observing, uh, maybe against their bank accounts or maybe against uh, social media attempts to communicate with their staff or even physical intrusion attempts into protected estates. Because quite often, and as we're seeing more and more recently, these widespread or high-scale targeted attacks on information services are used as a smokescreen for other uh, more specifically intentioned activities like theft or fraud or uh, sabotage of estates. Okay, 
Thanks, Shane. So what can organisations do to protect themselves from being impacted by these trends? So the first thing is, is visibility. I mean, there, there's been a long-standing principle of security that we sometimes call the security onion, where you, from the outside in, try to wrap yourself with different layers of security. The first being what the internet knows about you in terms of what information is out there. And so organizations should uh, keep tabs on what the world knows about them. Periodically check Shodan or Census or even Google about their public footprint and about their social footprint as well on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or other things. Because those are information sources used for targeting by a variety of attackers. Next to that, what their firewall configurations are, there's their announced services from their networks. And next to that, then their internal services on how they authenticate, do they use multi-factor or single-factor authentications and against what, what types of uh, services that are exposed. So organizations need to pay attention to that security onion. However, the world has shifted where our networks today are very different from our networks of even a year ago in that we have more and more mobile workers, more interconnected customers to businesses or businesses to government services, or even to the extent of remote workers being more of a theme than, a, uh, uh, than an exception as it was uh, as little as a year ago. And because of that, we need to change our security posture away from the security onion in some, you know, some degrees to a more elemental set of defenses and focus, first of all, on how we allow services to be authenticated to and enforcing multi-factor authentication, enforcing privileged access management uh, to ensure that services accessed by users, uh, first of all, should be allowed. Should an IT worker be allowed to access a finance application, as an example? Or should a finance worker be allowed to access a configuration management service? Those simple types of questions of who should be allowed to access what and then the associated technical controls to prevent or allow those, and further technical controls uh, to ensure the explicit one-time use of a credential to access that service are the best methods of protecting and controlling the secured use of information services. Then next to that, having visibility on who's using what and how they're making use of it. What are the network paths that they're taking? What are the application services and configuration? Of course, uh, the credentials and the um, how commonly those credentials are allowed or are being used. Well, I've certainly been taking my notes down here and I'm sure our listeners will also find it very beneficial. And I've really appreciated your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to the audience? Well, the only other thing I'd say is on, on an interim you know, sort of update, most cyber attacks have a set of activities that are in common. There's a concept of APT called the kill chain, where there'll be some kind of targeting to identify a victim, some, some set of reconnaissance activities that are very similar, whether you're interested in fraud against a, a corporate account, or you're interested in stealing protected information, or you're interested in sabotage of that IT or physical estate. The, the targeting and the reconnaissance and even the exploitation of information services will be very similar. The difference in these activities comes down to the objectives, and the objectives are really what describe what type of attack it is. 
Is it an attempt to interrupt the services or business, or is it an attempt to steal from the, the victim? And, and so as an example, currently we have two principal risks that we need to be aware of based on history. The first is ransomware, uh, or as it's being called extortionware. Its objective, of course, is, as I mentioned earlier, is financial gain. The activities that lead up to it follow a relatively standard kill chain uh, set of advanced persistent threat uh, activities. Coincidentally, um, there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, or FUD as we call it, around Iran because of current international issues. And their uh, demonstrated history of cyber attacks and activities also follow, not surprisingly, the, the kill chain type of APT activities. The difference comes down to, though, what are the objectives? Iran, for example, historically, the activities attributed to Iranian cyber attacks have, have been focused on sabotage. They've been focused on massive disruption for uh, media notoriety, as an example, of information services and communications, whether it be against the telcos, the banks, or utilities infrastructure. Whereas extortionware, ransomware, and even IP theft by other groups are, are principally oriented toward financial gain or some kind of competitive market gain. And so in today's environment, as I, as I mentioned at the outset, the growth and spread of these global botnets are facilitating these more high value services. And because of that, whether it's uh, the early indicators are you know, reconnaissance uh, or compromise in a state, the same facilities are being used in these global botnets to pursue the ultimate objective. And so I just encourage listeners not to be early in their estimation of what the actual risk is. They should prevent the risk from continuing by recognizing those attempts to exploit their authentication or exploit their network services. And, and by doing so, prevent the ultimate objective from being attained. But don't rush to judgment on who the actor is or what their intention is and be cautious if they unfortunately experience an event in their assessment of who the actor was because who the actor is defines more their objectives than the methods they used to get there. Thank you for joining us. More information regarding this subject can be found on our website at www.sukrutani.com. If you have any questions or concerns with any of the topics discussed, please get in touch and keep an eye out for our spring episode as we catch up with Shane.